0: Uh, This evening, the message uh, deals with the matter of burdens. And uh, over the years uh, that I have lived and the years that I have uh, been a Christian and and, uh, looked to the Lord for guidance and direction, um, I have come more and more to understand just the struggles that we have Looking in the fallen world as Christians, um, things that the Lord has not chosen to deliver us from, but rather to put us amidst in order to be salt and light to the needy world and be examples of the believer. But there are these things called burdens, and what I thought I would do, and I hope it might be of some help to... um, each of us in different ways would be to talk about that general subject this evening and there's a little bit of uh, wandering I guess there's uh, two or three passages that I'm going to make very brief reference to but I, I just hope that maybe after uh, our time together we you might have some things to pursue and to look up and to follow up on on this particular subject. Uh, it, it, is the fruit of what I, I often call a word study, uh, something that many of you perhaps have done, and that is to to see a particular subject or word and then go to the Bible and look for what the what's the Hebrew word. If you're in the Old Testament, what's the Greek word or words? And then look at all those, see where they're used, see how they're used, uh, compare them with one another, and then draw what? conclusions the Lord would have us to draw from those things in terms of our, our own lives. And so tonight on the subject of burdens, um, I am going to read a, a couple of passages and then there will be a few verses that we will talk about um, as we go along. But in the in the first place, I'm going to look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. In the book of Galatians, we have uh, Paul writing a letter when he was visibly, uh, I guess, upset about things that were going on in that particular area because uh, his upset was because there was a false gospel that was being uh, brought into the Galatian churches, uh, a gospel that essentially, uh, to summarize it as best I can, essentially say, if you want to be a good Christian, you must first become a good Jew because Jewish people make the best Christians or something along those lines. And those uh, Jewish Christians that would espouse that particular um, theology were called Judaizers is a term that has been given to them. And uh, in the early chapters of Galatians, Paul simply says, if anybody is telling you stuff like that, uh, they need to be accursed. Uh, And uh, he doesn't, Commend the Galatians for anything essentially as he starts. He he simply says this is really important uh, stuff and Essentially what was happening was that was something that were um, We could read about in the early chapters But I'm going to handle that part of that in a little bit different way and I apologize for the cough up But when I started singing nothing was coming out of my mouth and In chapter 5, Paul says this in verse 1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. And uh, the point he is making is that you have been delivered from the curse of the law. You have been uh, delivered from the sting of the law, the consequences of the law by faith in Christ. And now there are other people coming in and saying, you need to keep the law that the jews keep uh, and that's the way to salvation and paul simply says no it's not and anybody that's teaching that run away from them essentially uh, lest you be mi- misled and so uh, this is all about freedom and, and what he's saying is you speaking to jews who have converted to christ you who were under that law you want to go back to that after you've been set free from it through the gospel of Christ, and uh, He goes on from there to talk in some detail in chapter 5 about these things. Uh, And he says in verse 13, For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And uh, goes on to speak about the importance of love and walking by the fruits of the Spirit. And then in chapter 6, in some final applications, as it relates to the subject of dealing with our burdens, he says this, and um, actually what I'm going to do, I realized uh, I had decided to go ahead and read from verse 13 through uh, chapter 6, verse 5. So let's do that. For you are called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice Such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another and being one another. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Repenting, anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, and not in regard to another, for each one will bear his own load. And we will stop there, and I just wanted to point out that uh, there are a number of what I would call burden words in the new testament and i'm just going to briefly review some of those but there are two here that are of our particular uh importance to what i have to say to you in christ's name tonight and the first is uh the command that we have in verse two of this chapter where we are called as the people of god to bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of christ and the second is in verse 5, that says, for each one will bear his own load. And so one of the questions that occurs is, wait a minute, you know, bear one of those burdens, but no, bear your own load, how do we deal with that? And uh, I'm going to suggest that there are three kinds of burdens. And this is the, uh, this is from Marty, we not God, but it's, uh, it's something that I think is workable, and it will also hopefully help you to remember this. There are, first of all, burdens to share, verse 2. Then there are burdens to bear, verse 5. And thirdly, we have to turn to Acts 15 before I share with you what that is. So uh, we're going to go to Acts 15. And Acts 15 does relate to Galatians in, in, in a significant way. And that Acts 15 uh, is a a recording of an event where the apostles called the elders of Christendom, of the churches, uh, to come together in order to deal with a problem, the Galatian problem, we might call it. That's what some people call it, in the church, that we have these, these so-called Jewish Christians or Judaizers that are going around saying, yes, Jesus, great, you know. It's good to believe in Jesus, but you've got to keep the law of Moses and do the things that uh, the Jewish religion requires if you are truly going to be the kind of Christian that God wants you to be. And in Acts 15, uh, uh, which is a very significant chapter uh, for another reason, that is, I I believe, and, and many others with me, and you may think this way as well, but what we have here is essentially The foundation of Presbyterianism, the foundation of how the Church of Christ is going to govern itself once the apostles aren't around anymore to uh, divinely and in an inspired way direct the church and how it is to act. And so in in Acts chapter, in Acts, do not preach with a cough drop because you have a throat and you can't talk without it, but I'm trying and uh, look at look at 15:1 compared to what Paul says in Galatians 5:1 some men came down from Judea and began teaching the brethren unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses you cannot be saved that was a problem in light of what Paul had been preaching to uh, not only Jews but to Gentiles as well up to this point and so they uh, decide that they would send Paul and Barnabas and others to Jerusalem in verse 2, uh, to the apostles, uh, to go up to Jerusalem, to the apostles and elders concerning this issue. And one of the things you need to know about Acts 15 is when things go on and actions are taken, it's not just the apostles, but it's always the apostles and the elders that are together uh, deliberating and determining uh, what should happen, and, and the eldership is being prepared to to have the the the, the right oversight of the Church of Christ in the post-apostolic age, and I believe this starts uh, very clearly here in this chapter. But getting back to burdens to bear, got that right? Burdens to share. You can remember that right? There are burdens to bear, burdens to share. But they they uh, are having a debate about this. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up. And that's significant. Why? We now have a question about Jewish uh, law and Christian faith. Peter is really the apostle to the Jews. uh, And he is, if if there would be anyone that would want to promote perhaps the Jewish uh, side of this, you'd think it would be Peter. Uh, Paul always was kind of a, Paul was always a different guy out there. Uh, Peter was one of those guys that, I'm a, all of you are either a Peter or Paul guy, I'm a Peter guy, I so I, I just want to confess that today. Uh, I have a big mouth because my foot needs to fit into it very often, uh, as with Peter, uh, but uh, Peter was, Peter was more of a. You know, emotional guy, and so when something did come he would blurt it right out, and, and then he'd regret it or whatever. Paul was more of the law and order guy, I guess, and and so I, I just I, I identify more with Peter, but I understand that the church needs Peter's and Paul's in it if it's to be the kind of church uh, that the Lord is going to use in the world. But Peter is the one who stands up. And says, Brethren, you know, this is verse 7. Brethren, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the word of the gospel and believe. And that drives us back to remember Cornelius and the, the, the vision Peter had with the sheep and the unclean animals, and then he was sent out to Cornelius. Um, and uh, this is the same Peter that at some point, and there's a debate about it, Paul says in Galatians, I. I confronted Peter with his face because he stood condemned because he was getting carried away with this particular error. But at this point, Peter uh, has it back together. And so Peter goes on in verse 8, And God, who knows the heart, testified to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did us, to the Gentiles. And he made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. And now in verse 10, here we have our point three for our sermon today. Now, therefore, why do you put God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples? We're talking about the Gentile disciples now. A yoke or a burden which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear. So there are burdens to bear. There are burdens to share. And there are burdens to beware, okay? Uh, Which uh, we have an example of that here in Acts chapter 15. And I just wanted to spend a few minutes talking about some of these uh, things. When it comes to doing word studies, and I have, uh, I looked at four burden root words in the Greek New Testament. And, uh, one of these uh, occurs six times, and that is uh, the, the Greek word that is often translated yoke, uh, as here in Acts 15. Uh, also, remember Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and those are burden type words, and uh, take my yoke upon you, and I will give you rest. Um, And so six times, there's words that are what I call low words, L-O-A-D, and uh, those words are used five times. There's a verb, uh, to carry, that occurs in the New Testament 27 times. And there are root uh, words with the root word to be heavy that occur about 18 times. And so uh, I, I tried to count them all. I may have missed one or two, but 18 plus 27 carry the um, 45. All right, I'm doing well so far. Plus five, that's easy. We get to 50. 56 times that these burden words are used in the New Testament. They're found in the Gospels and in the Epistles. And uh, the yoke word is used in Galatians five one, uh, where we started uh, our reading, tonight, um, where Paul is just uh, just incredulous with the, the Galatian Christians there. Uh, it was for freedom that Christ set you free, and if you're free, why in the world would you want to be subject again to this burden, this yoke of slavery, which is now the law of Moses? Now, that's, let's not misunderstand. The law of Moses, in its time and in its place, was holy and righteous. In good, but with the coming of Christ, it had become, in essence, obsolete, and had been replaced by. Uh, it was a type and shadow of uh, the coming of Messiah and of the heavenly realities in which the Christian Church lives. And so, it becomes a burden in that uh, the, the requirements of the law were, as Peter said, too. They're just too heavy to bear. And why would we want to subject one another to those things again? And so as as we look at these things, uh, that word, the yoke word is found there. It is also in the Acts 15 verse 10 verse that we already talked about. Uh, it is in the load words that occur five times that we have things like ship cargo is called a load. Um, things that others would impose on us. Uh, Jesus indicted the the scribes and Pharisees again in Matthew chapter 23 about the fact that they were dumping essentially requirements on the people while they were not lifting a finger to do anything to help out at that point. I've known some pastors like that. We have a work day and pastors like to go off and talk theology. And uh, I never had any patience for that. Uh, other than I, uh, I remember we had a, a uh, no names will be ushered, but this this is somebody nobody here would know. Okay, but uh, I got kind of frustrated because we were shoveling stones about this big all along the edge of the Salt Lake congregation to try to kill weeds and everything else, and it was a hot July Saturday, and and there there was uh, somebody that I knew that was a a uh, Pastor who came along and might have lifted you know three shovel pulls of rock in four hours because he was you know, just sharing with everybody and imparting his great wisdom, but um, I digress about that, but uh, we we all understand that there are times that we were guilty of that, and I, there are times i've been guilty of that now i 'm at an age where if we 're shoveling rocks, I look for somebody that wants to talk to me and and have counseling. <laughs> because uh, back in January of uh, 2020, as uh, my life or lifestyle or whatever else put me on an operating table uh, having triple bypass surgery. So uh, please excuse me if you have a rock moving uh, party here. I'll, I'll find some young men from our congregation to, to come and help you. So uh, the load words, uh, Jesus uses that of salvation uh, as we take uh, his load upon us, his yoke upon us. Uh, comes from that uh, as well. But it is that load word that is in verse 5 of Galatians that says each one will bear his own load. So let's start with, um, with that, the first point, Galatians six five. What is Paul talking about when he says, For each one will bear his own load. Four verses, two, three, four, five, three verses after he says, share one another's burdens. And as I've looked at these references, what we find is that there are certain things that each one of us before God must bear alone by ourselves. Nobody else can bear these burdens for us. And... One of them is in Luke chapter 14, verse 27, where Jesus calls us to bear our cross and follow after him. Uh, One is in Galatians 5, just the previous chapter, verse 10, and it's not a pleasant one, uh, but he says there that the people that are troubling you and are suggesting and trying to burden you down uh, and disturbing you, that they will bear their judgment. And so uh, whatever judgment is allotted to individuals is something that others, apart from Christ taking the judgment upon sin in uh, in our place, something that we all will stand alone uh, in. And, And then thirdly, what we must bear alone is the responsibility to repent and to believe in the gospel of Christ. No one else is going to do that for you. That may be a hard thing to say, but children and young people, being the children of these fine Christian people that are in the congregation here this evening does not ensure that you are going to be in heaven. Your parents cannot repent and believe in the gospel for you. That is a load that each one of us bears, and that is our relationship to God. Your elders can't do that for you. Your your talents cannot do that for you. Your intelligence cannot do that for you. That is something that in your very heart and very soul, you need to look at the claims of the scripture that say that Jesus is alone, the Savior of men and women and boys and girls, and you need to put your faith and trust in him. I can't do that for you. I wish I could. I wish I am thankful I don't have to think that way. Of my three sons but there was a time when they were little that Lord if there's anything that I can do to ensure that they uh, they are saved tell me and I'll do it but the scripture said that they, they will bear that particular responsibility but as a parent it did say to Barbara and me that we are to raise our children in the Lord we are to show them the love of Christ we we are to teach and train them and uh, pray that the Lord will honor our efforts. And, and, and essentially what that meant for us and our son, that we were to treat them as little believers from the time they were born going forward. And thanks be to God uh, uh, where we are now. The Lord honored that in their lives. Uh, our sons are walking with the Lord. And and now we're praying that same kind of prayer for our 13 grandchildren that we, we have uh, in Pennsylvania and in Ohio, and it used to be in Colorado, but now Tennessee. So um, anyway, if you want to send letters to my son that moved to Tennessee from Colorado to get back home, you can do that. My wife would would pay the postage for you to do that. Then there are these carry words, and there are a number of uh, uses of the the carry words in terms of uh, people carrying water to and from wells and other things like that. Uh, there are, like Luke 11:27 27, and Acts 3, 2, women who are carrying uh, babies in their wombs. Uh, Jesus carried his cross, John 19, verse 17. And, but some things are too much, like in Acts 15, Peter says, uh, we cannot put on... Uh, people who are, we're calling to the freedom that Christ offers in his gospel. We cannot put the burden of the law of Moses, which Christ came to to deal with for us, on such people. And there are things that do require help, and uh, that's why Paul says in uh, verse 2 of Galatians 6, bear one another's burdens. And those areas where it's a positive thing and a godly thing and a needed thing to help one another you you to do that. Bear one another's burdens uh is are among all of those other one another's that we have in, in the Bible that talk about loving one another and serving one another and encouraging one another, praying for one another, bearing one another's burdens as well. And now so what that means is that um if you're looking for a ministry, I would simply say every congregation, if it really sat back and thought about it, could very quickly make a, a, a big list of other people in the fellowship, whether they're longstanding members, whether they're uh, new people that have come in, that have things and have burdens that they would appreciate others if they were ready to stand and say, can we help you with these things? Uh, we're really good, uh, the men of our congregation are really good when somebody's moving uh, and everybody shows up on a Saturday and we get the truck loaded and unloaded and uh and we go on, but there are so many other uh, little things, sometimes littler things than moving a whole household that we can be doing for one another uh to help take some of the weight off of um, uh, you know whether it's single mothers whether uh it's uh out of town husbands and, and mothers at home with little children, and we assume, all well, they're doing fine. And uh, there are just so many ways that we can bear one another's burdens uh, if we just sit and think about it a little bit. And then finally, the fourth root word are the heavy words. And uh, there's a, the New Testament has some references to that that are. Kind of regular. One of the things it said in the Garden of Gethsemane when Peter and James and John are there, and Jesus says, "Can you, can you uh, wait up with me and and pray?" And it says their eyes got heavy and they fell asleep, and and we know uh, about that story. But uh, there are also things that are heavy that are uh, imposed by other people as well, and uh, we need to resist. Uh, those kinds of things, those impositions, which relates to acts fifteen ten uh, and there are also godly heavy words such as matthew twenty three twenty three where Jesus talks about the weightier provisions of the law and I did not plan to read from matthew twenty three this was God set this up uh, that was totally independent of me i didn't I didn't give you anything about that, right that when Jesus in the 23rd verse talks about you should be concerned about the weightier provisions of the law, that's the, uh, the heavier things of the law that he's talking about there. Um, and in Acts fifteen twenty-eight, uh, when finally the elders and the apostles uh, finally solve the issue and decide on what we're going to do in terms of contacting all the churches, to say, you know, don't hassle the Gentiles about becoming Jews in order to be Christians, that formula just is not not a biblical one. Uh, in verse 28, uh, they they say we're going to send the letter, and in verse 28 they say with no greater burden, no nothing heavier that we're going to ask of all of these churches than these essentials when they go on to talk about uh, meat-sacrifice idols and and uh, a few other uh, restrictions that are the verdict of the council at Jerusalem. In Second Corinthians 4, Paul talks about an eternal weight of glory that awaits the people of God. That is from the same uh, root. And uh, John in First John chapter 5, verse 3, reminds us that the commandments of God are not heavy; they are not burdensome. Uh, but rather just the opposite of those things. Burdens to bear. Uh, We've talked about burdens to share. Uh, We've talked a little bit about that. Burdens to be aware, beware of. I, I never got that to fit my rhyme just right. So if anybody figures that out, send it to me and I'll change my notes. Uh, about that so there are burdens we must bear Galatians 6 5 burdens we must share Galatians 6 2 and burdens we must beware of Acts 15 verse 10 and uh, to that last one I just wanted to to make a couple of comments uh, and then we'll be done that in Galatians 5 Paul is concerned uh, that they not be uh, that the people of God not be wrapped up and enslaved by the legalism of these Judaizers, and th- is that a clear point that they're they're simply putting on them do things you got to do in order if you're going to be a good Christian? And 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 Paul's saying no, uh, we don't want that. But then in chapter five, and we picked this up a little bit in what uh, in what we read, Paul understands. That if you are over here on the legalistic side, you've got a problem. But he warns the people of God, lest you go too far and swing the pendulum the other way into what is called license. Uh, He talked about liberty in verse 1. It was for liberty or for freedom that Christ set us free. But then in verse 13, just beware that when you say we're free from all that stuff the Jews need to do because we're Christians, and we just have to believe, he's saying beware that you don't take that to the other extreme. You recall the freedom, verse 13, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So what we have to be aware of is that when we, uh, when, when we come to these kinds of issues that we uh, don't, uh, in order to Avoid one extreme, but we don't take ourselves to the other extreme, which is equally uh, simple in terms of the teaching of Scripture. And Paul goes on to talk about why that license is simple. Uh, We're not to be Gnostic. Uh, One of the characteristics of Gnosticism, um, which was just starting to show itself uh, uh, late in the uh, New Testament, uh, period, the, uh, late in the first century, uh, but Gnosticism had this idea that uh, the the material world is not important in comparison with the spiritual realm, and so the, the point of Gnostics was we need to move to where we get to a point where we are totally spiritually motivated, and and there were a couple of ways to do that. Number one was to try to withdraw from the spiritual, from the physical world. And so that's where uh, monasticism began and monasteries began to set up that in order not to, uh, to to be ensnared and to be more holy, we just need to withdraw from the world. And I, I bring that up because there's some ways in, in my lifetime in, in the Christian church where I think we have been almost on the borderline of going that way, uh, some of the reasons some of the world is a mess may be because Christians have withdrawn from different areas, from education and other places. I just raised that as a a question or a concern. But Gnostics had two ways of dealing with things. One was either that you withdrew from it or, number two, you indulged in it because it didn't matter. And and there was a, a, a little metaphor that was used that uh, you are a gold ring and it's okay if you throw a gold ring into the mud, uh, it doesn't change the fact that the gold ring is still a gold ring. So the idea was go out and be licentious and do whatever you want, indulge in anything, and that's okay. So Gnosticism, as it is with many things, uh, legalism and license, uh, some Gnostics were on this side, some were on the other side. Uh, the scriptures are telling us that God is in the right balance in the middle of these things, that we are to. If we are godly, we are going to avoid those particular extremes. And uh, both those who would uh, err to the legalistic side and those that would err to the licentious side are in error. Uh, That will lead into sinfulness, and both need to understand that uh, the word of God speaks against those things. So in closing, and uh, we'll be, be done here, How do we manage our own personal load Um, from Galatians 6-5? But this is more general about the the three things, burdens to share, or bear, burdens to share, burdens to beware. We need to, first of all, cast our burdens upon the Lord. First Peter 5-7 tells us to do that. Psalm 55, which uh, we almost sang uh, Tonight, uh, in verse 22, speaks of that as well. Secondly, we are to obey Christ as he speaks in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. He says, take my yoke upon you. So we need to uh, diligently cultivate our relationship with our Savior in these things. Thirdly, and hard as it may be, we need to recognize and refuse to carry burdens that God would not have us carried just because others would suggest that we might be a little bit more holy if we did that. Uh, all of us, I think I, I know that I am very capable of, uh, I can tell all of you how to live a perfect life. Just listen to me and everything will be great. But I know that I could tell you that, but I, I don't do that. And there's verses about preacher. You preach to others. Don't you preach to yourself? So I, I'll keep my mouth shut and say no more than that. Uh, You need to understand because well-meaning people, good Christian people will sometimes do that. They will put a burden on you that really you don't need to deal with. And sometimes uh, as Christian people, it's like, boy, I really, you know, I feel that I shouldn't have to do this. This isn't right. Uh, Get some counsel. And if it's not right, don't be willing to let others outside of the Holy Spirit direct what you do and what burdens you carry. Uh, There are times we need to say no. Um, And I'm telling you, I am one of those people that has a whole lot of trouble doing that. We have to understand that if they are burdens of which to beware, we need to be able to say no in as gracious a way as we can. We need to Make sure that we steer clear of the burdens of legalism or of license that we talked briefly about. We need not to be characterized by the burden of worry. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount speaks very pointedly to us about that. We are to beware of the burden of the expectations of others. Um, Now, sometimes there are very good and right expectations that others might have. But sometimes uh, we fall into the trap that we we start to live our lives based on what we think others will think of us, depending on what we do and what we say and how we live and with whom we associate and what we eat and and all of these other kinds of things. We need to be able to deliver ourselves from the burden of unreasonable expectations of ourselves. And uh, I think some of you probably have those. Kinds of burdens as well, where you, you have determined that in order to be the best Christian that God would have you be, that you have to essentially kill yourself in ministry and other things, and always be there and never have any time for yourself, never any time for the Lord because you're too busy just constantly serving others. I, I know a handful of dear friends of mine that are like that, and from time to time I just need to say, you need to slow down, you need to stop, you need to understand that you are. You are striving to exceed expectations that even the Spirit of God uh, would have for you. We need to deliver ourselves from the burden of judging the work of others. I'm really good at that. I'm really good at uh, justifying perhaps my lack of uh, activity at times and things that I should have done by saying, well, somebody else didn't either, and so please excuse me. And we need to understand that God has equipped each one of us, you and me, to help bear one another's burdens in the church of Jesus Christ. That is the nature of the body of Christ. And all of those one another's uh, that we could talk about. And uh, Ken Smith once said that there were 76 of them. Uh, I counted 35, but I think maybe I was lumping multiple ones together, or he was counting two verses that said the same thing. Uh, but we are, in a positive sense, we are to love one another, and uh, other there are other positive one another's, 28 of them that I identified, and only seven that are negative one another's. We are not to deprive one another in our marriages, First Corinthians 7, verse 5. We are not to bite and devour one another, which was in our text in Galatians 5 this evening. We are not to challenge and envy one another, which was also in uh, our text in Galatians 5, verse 26. We are not to lie to one another. We are not to hate one another, uh, Colossians and Titus. We are not to speak against one another, James chapter 4, verse 11. And we are not to complain about one another, from James and from First Peter 4. So sharing one another's burdens uh, means avoiding those kinds of things. You don't help anybody when you say, let's... Let me help you. And then you criticize them the whole time that you're helping them. That's not what God is calling us to do and to be like. So uh, it was a very interesting study for me just to to look at these things. Uh, It was one of my catchier titles, Burdens to Share, Bear. Why can't I repeat them in the right order? Burdens to Bear, Burdens to Share, and Burdens to Beware of. which is not great English either. Any English teachers here? Oh boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I, I had an English teacher when I was when I was in seminary, and, and we're going to close. But just a, a, a funny uh, story that I, I was uh, preaching at in Mars. Uh, there there is a town north of Pittsburgh, Mars, Pennsylvania, and there used to be a Reformed Presbyterian church there. And Jill's um, grandparents were there when I was in seminary, and uh, there was about 14 people there, and they were all over the age of 70. And so uh, they arranged that seminary students could go up there to preach on the Lord's Day. And I know that they were doing that because they couldn't do a whole lot of damage while they were up there. And uh, there was also a, a fine woman there. Her name was May McElhenney. She's gone to be with the Lord now, but she was our resident uh, English teacher, I will call her, and uh, she was a widow, and she would always invite Barbara and me and our, our sons over t- for dinner after I would preach up there, and, and I was introducing the Psalms, and uh, and I, I made a statement in introducing the Psalm that Christianity is an intolerant religion, uh, talking about the fact that Christianity says that there's only one name under heaven by which we shall be saved. Uh, that's in the book of Acts and elsewhere. And uh, we're eating her, um, she made uh, the greatest, I, I, I'm not a parsnip person, but the way she made parsnips I, and grew them, I, I became a parsnip person. And we're sitting and we, we have a very nice meal and over dessert, she she just all and and said, uh, Mr. Wilson, we'll I really don't want to, uh, to uh, say anything, but did you really mean to say that Christianity is an intolerable religion? Because that's apparently what I said, and, uh, and so uh, I, I, I I was horror <laughs> stricken by that particular thing. But uh, she was gracious about that. Uh, I've I've lived uh, under many uh, fine. Grammarians over the years and survived them all. And I'm thankful to God for His grace in that. It has been a pleasure to be with you. Um, I would like to have a word of prayer and then we will sing from Psalm 133 and close our time together. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the fellowship that we can have uh, with fellow Christians in the Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, What a uh, comfort it is for us to know that uh, if we go from Longmont to Colorado Springs or if we go from Colorado Springs to Japan or China or Europe or anywhere on this earth and find those who claim the name of Christ, that we will be with family. And, Lord, I'm thankful to be with the family of faith here at the Springs Reformed Church today. We ask you to... Use what uh, you have given to us today uh, through the preaching, but also through the singing, through our prayers, and through the uh, ministry that we've had to one another in conversations and over food, that you will use all these things to build your church, that you will use these things that we might be able to more and more understand how and to share one another's burdens. We pray that you will be with each one of us, particularly those here that are questioning uh, whether they are in the kingdom of God, whether they believe uh, what the scriptures say about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that if uh, you have ministered to them today, that you will draw them into your kingdom. Lord, we pray that you will send each one to uh, their homes tonight, refreshed by Uh, having this first day in seven where we prepare for the challenges and the burdens that the week to come are going to bring. We pray whatever those burdens are, Lord, that you will help us with them and you will help us to have a perspective of ministry amidst them. As we go to work, as we go to school, as we go to meet with neighbors and friends and, and other family and minister to them, we pray that you will help us to keep in mind Uh, that we are called to be servants and to share the burdens where we can, but also that you will protect us from the uh, unexpected and uh, improper burdens that others might put upon us. And that as we focus on that which is right and holy in your sight, and as we serve, uh, as you have called us to do to the glory and honor of Christ, that you will build us up as individuals that you will build up our families, that you will build up our church. For we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen.